Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie. There's a non-denominational retreat weekend at the Resolution Center of Jacksonville, Florida. This will be a time of support and renewal for parents and grandparents on the journey of parental alienation. Standing strong in resilience, paving the way for good health and a great future. This will take place April 22nd through the 24th, and I will have all the uh, notes in the podcast notes and to get in touch with them. Okay. Right now, I have recently spoken to Darlene Orvieto of Massachusetts Corruption Exposed. You can find her on Facebook and YouTube. And she recommended that I speak with Mr. Rick Martin. Now, I represent the voices of parents throughout this nation who are fighting against an adversarial and lawless family court system for their right to have access to their children. I welcome Rick Martin, who's a constitutional lawyer and assistance of counsel and founder of the Constitutional Law Group to my podcast. I welcome you, Rick Martin. How are you doing today? God bless you. Happy to be here. Let's get, let's get the questions going so that we can educate we the people on how to take back not only our rights, but to defend the rights of our offspring. Okay. Um, parents are looking for an avenue that they can hold judges, elected or appointed, and public officials accountable when their rights have been violated and the law has been broken, such as due process, other things of that nature. How, how can these parents do this? Okay. Number one thing is we're going to do what's called a FOIA request. That's called Freedom of Information Act, 1976. And they must give you the information required. The first thing that you're going to ask for is their oath of office, their indemnity bond, and their anti-bribery statement. And how you find that is you go to, when you're dealing with judges, you go to the Secretary of State and file a FOIA request. Once you have those documents in your hand, you'll know who the insurance company is who holds their bond. Now that bond is called an indemnity bond. If they harm you or the public, that bonding company must give indemnity. They must pay you. And that's how we're gonna handle this from now on. We're not going to sue them in court. We're going to go after their indemnity bond to, to gain back remedy for their crimes against humanity. Now, you mentioned a presumptive letter and these people, the judges, or say CPS caseworkers or the CPS agency, DFS, DYCS, whatever they wanna be called at the moment, they have 72 hours to correct their path and say they're sorry, make amends somehow. Um, but if they don't, what happens next? That's when you go after the bonds and that's what has been successful. Now it's not been open to the media because the media doesn't want you to know what's going on. We're going after family court judges. We're going after school districts and what's happening is we're getting wins and how we do that is let's, let's go with the school board. Okay. We tell the school board that 
we're no longer going to allow you to abuse our offspring. And I say offspring, not child, offspring. Mm -hmm. That is my biological property. And I am not going to allow you to violate my biological property without recourse. Now, when I file into, uh, basically do my presumptive letter, either you fix your direction and change the, the, the shape of where, or the direction of the ship, I, you got 72 hours, or I'm gonna file against your bond. Every public servant has a bond. Find out who their insurance company is, and then you file a, basically, claim against, just like if you're in a car accident, you file a claim against that public servant, and hey, they have to pay. Because if they can't rebut your claim, they have to pay. So, hey, that, uh, let's just say a school administrator, a school administrator is now charged with uh, correcting the path. They don't correct the path. Now, the bonding company has to pay the parent for them not correcting their path. And that whole school district will lose all its funding until that administrator has been dismissed. And that, that administrator now is liable, say, for $4 million. Sorry, my nose itches. That's okay. So, you know, how does this bond company know that this person has not responded? What if this person had, lets their 72 hours go, a week goes by? What does a parent do then? Do they call this bond company? Well, the way they're going to know that because you're going to sign a, a sworn affidavit, okay, mm -hmm. in your presumptive letter, and you're going to have it delivered. Uh, and I, I don't say certified mail. You send it either registered mail, receipt request, or you have a process server. And we've had the children in school districts serve the whole school board. Because if you put the paperwork in the hands of a child and they go and serve the school board, guess what? It's still lawful, but they do not want to stop because they're gonna look like the tyrants that they are if you beat up or arrest children serving you paperwork. Excellent. Yeah. So any school board meeting, you get the documents which are on our website on how to file against the school boards, which is constitutionallawgroup.us. I'll repeat that one more time. constitutionallawgroup.us. Go there and go under take action. And we show you how to take back your schools how to make them constitutionally compliant under the laws of the, our nation. Most definitely. Now, the principals, the superintendents, they are all public servants and they all are bonded. That's correct. Okay. And they're all liable when they violate 
well-established law. Discrimination is what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. If you discriminate against me, that's a, I mean, we can just go back to 1964 uh, Civil Rights Act, okay? You can't discriminate against me. If I have a religious conviction or a medical conviction, uh, condition, excuse me, that prevents me from putting a diaper on my face, and then you're telling me I cannot uh, walk into the establishment? No, these are all public accommodations. And the sheriff is supposed to protect those rights. He can't arrest you for trespassing. He's in violation of his own oath. The sheriff is supposed to be there to protect us from intrusive government. Keep Mm -hmm. that in mind. We're going to hold the feet to the fire on all our public servants and make them uphold their oath of office. Now, when these FOIAs are filed, we had talked earlier, and as you said, it's the head of Secretary of State and the Treasury. All states are the same. Yes, that's correct. All public servants must have their bonds filed with the Secretary of State, except for your attorney generals. They, they're they supposed to have their bonds filed with the state treasurer's office. Okay, okay. Now, you know, since attorneys are, you know, in the mix here, they are bonded? Well, they're always liable. Now, if you've got a state attorney, they better be bonded. That's by law. Hmm. All, all bar attorneys are officers of the court. Their first priority is to protect the court, not their clients. Most hmm. people don't realize that. Whenever you hire a bar attorney, and I'm going to say this so the public does know, when you cannot handle your own obligations in the courtroom and you hire a bar attorney, who is supposed to be learned in the law. Most of them aren't learned in law, they're learned in procedure. But the moment you hire a bar attorney, that automatically, and this is in the law books, that automatically makes you a ward of the court. You're now considered an imbecile of unsound mind or an infant that can't handle their own affairs, giving jurisdiction right over to the court. And now they can beat you up as much as they want. So, you know, going back to being an employee of the state, um, you know, how would you go after an attorney, though, uh, that has, say, um, had committed malpractice? Dereliction of duty. Now, I have heard... Okay. Uh, Same same, Same thing with any government official. Any prosecutor that doesn't perform his duty or her duty or any sheriff that doesn't produce uh, an outcome that's favorable to the public and they're engaged in self-gain, they're liable. We go after their bonds. Because I've talked to several people that have said, you know, they've tried to sue that the attorneys that were either helping them allegedly and those attorneys have in turn made up 
false receipts and have gone after that person and sued them and like are throwing them out of their homes. And that's, that's, that's the game. And the way they, they're trying to litigate this is a, when you file a claim against an attorney that actually did not protect your rights, you're, you will, you'll go after them. And this is how we do it. We hold them accountable and we, we file a claim that is an affidavit, an affidavit claim. And remember what I said earlier in our conversations, an affidavit, an unrebutted affidavit stands as fact in law and in court. So you make an affidavit so steel solid that they can't rebut it without perjuring themselves and then you hold them accountable when you have a, what you're gonna do is if they don't rebut that, that uh, affidavit claim against them, you take it to the court and then you ask for a summary judgment showing that the claim affidavit was not rebutted and the judge has to rule in your favor. Now, what happens if they don't? Cause you know, they're, they're all in bed together. It doesn't matter. A judge already knows that they cannot rule against well-established law. They already know that then they would be held accountable for making a false judgment. Because when you ask for that summary judgment and there's, there's no, no, uh, let me put it this way. I'm going to make it simple. When they, when you're a poser, the, person that you filed a complaint on does not rebut in the form of an affidavit. That means they acquiesced. They basically agreed with your claim. So the claim, there's no controversy. Am I making sense? Mm -hmm. There's no controversy. So the judge automatically has to rule in your favor because there's no controversy. They acquiesced. So then in this claim, should you put a dollar amount? Absolutely. Absolutely. But the, if you file this claim in the lower courts, you know, you're, you're only awarded, like, I think it's, I know all states are different. Different. It could be 10 grand. Some are 10, some are 25,000. I get that. But that's why we're not even going, if we go that route, Hit them for the maximum. And if you get enough people doing it, hitting the same corporation or what have you, you bankrupt them. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. You bankrupt them. You get 20, 20 people filing the same suit and the same claim. That's going to hurt them. If I, if I hit one company with 10 people, at 25,000 a pop. Don't you think that look at it that way, that's $250,000, correct? Mm -hmm. You think that's going to take a little chunk out of them? I hope think of so. if you do it with a hundred, right? You know, this is how you hit them. You hit them and you're going to attack them on the financial basis because that's what they've been after you for the whole time. Mm -hmm. So you hit them in the pocketbook. 
Same thing when it comes to corrupt court systems. File against a judge, go after his indemnity bond because he filed a false judgment or allowed corruption to happen in his courtroom and didn't take himself out of the mess. He's liable. Prosecutors, liable. They're liable if they don't even pursue something when you have all the evidence and you've shown that their crime has been committed. So anyone working in the courthouse is a public official, say, head of clerk yes. of courts, anyone in the prothonotary or probation department? Absolutely. Every one of them. So Every if, one of them. If the number one, the number one you one you'll go after if they deny you information is going to be the court clerk. Believe it or not, the court clerk actually has more power than any judge. They control it all. Okay, so let's say, for instance, a person who has a case in a courthouse. Um, let's say their ex is married to someone who works, say, in a probation department. And that okay. person says to you, I know a lot of people in the courthouse and I'm friends with all the judges. Would that be, I mean, that's a veiled threat. Is yes, that it is. You, is that someone you could go after or probably not? Oh, absolutely. All I have to do is do, you know, just like good police work. And that's what it's called is good police work. And any good lawyer or bar attorney knows that you, you do your investigation mm -hmm. and you do stakeouts you, you you set your opponent up to basically incriminate themselves and bring forth the evidence that is undeniable in a courtroom and when you when you bring it before a jury guess what the jury's going to have to find in your favor because you brought forth you took the time to show that the other party was acting nefariously. Mm -hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Is it more difficult to get a federal bond or a state bond? I'm, I'm not quite sure I grasp what the question is. You're talking about going after a federal official or as opposed to a state official? Am I correct on that? Yeah. Yes, like, I guess a federal judge, for instance. Well, it's, it's just the same. The same. When, they, when they violate their oath of office, that's the linchpin I'm going to hang them by. I don't care if it's state or federal. They all have to be bonded, and I'm going to go after that indemnity bond, which is held by an insurance company, and I'm going to have them thrown off the bench because they're no longer bondable and they're going to be liable for whatever the bond was, whether it was $5 million or $10 million. There's some, there's some public officials that have $20 million bonds on them. So if a federal court judge says, you know, and I'm sure other people have, have gone to federal court and have heard a judge say, well, I didn't bother to read the exhibits. I just ruled them irrelevant. Okay. That's a, that's a dereliction he, of duty. He just showed that he, he was in dereliction of duty because he didn't read the, the, the complaint. So that makes him liable for any harm that you, you, the harm or damage that you just acquired. 
See, so yeah, he's comfortable. See, parents need to understand. A lot of parents are afraid to, to try anything like this because they've been through so much through these family court systems that have literally broken them. Right. And this is where we have to take back our power. The court systems are for we, the people. A judge is supposed to be a non-biased party. That's the bottom fact. He's supposed to be, he or she is supposed to be a non-biased party and rule on only evidence in fact in law. If they they just have a bad feeling about you because you're fat, overweight, and got a beard, mm -hmm. uh, you're not a good parent. Well, you know, that's their opinion. That's not even supposed to be entered into record. They have to rule on the facts of the case that are within the boundaries of the law. Mm -hmm. They don't interpret law. They're supposed to rule on, and that's why we got to go back to the juries. They have to rule on the facts, not opinion. Okay, because I've talked to other parents um, as I've been taking crisis calls, I've told you, and people are dealing with a lot of false accusations. And, uh, you know, I, I tell parents to clear their name through a CPS judge that you have to go through this process. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, how do we handle people that keep filing one false accusation after another? It's called a frivolous lawsuit. And if we can, we can give evidence that it was uh, made up and frivolous on purpose just to do harm, that is unlawful uh, persecution. Mm -hmm. That's what you do is you would file unlawful persecution against them and then let them try to figure out how to get out of it. Okay. Now, some of these parents, you know, they just can't go pro se. They've had it. They, they either aren't built for it or they don't have the emotional stamina for it. So they usually hire an attorney. So, but an attorney probably wouldn't want to do a FOIA case. No. And that that's where you have to find somebody learned in the law and go in there under assistance of counsel. And we have information on our website. You know, everybody says, well, he's not a licensed bar attorney. Well, guess what? There's no such thing as a licensed attorney. And I have all the evidence proving that. What you need is somebody learned in the law. That is what a lawyer is or assistance of counsel. So you need to go and look around for somebody that's in assistance of counsel. And that's what we do here at the Constitutional Law Group is give you assistance of counsel. And we also give you the ammunition to fight back against a corrupt system. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with this. You may not be, but as a movement, we have learned that the family court in each state has been hiring lobbyists to put forth bills that literally make corruption legal and they enjoy doing it. Yes, they and do. How can we, how, how can we as parents bring this to a halt? Well, you got to realize your offspring is your property. Now we go back to the constitution. 
you can have no right to trespass on my property. And I know that sounds cold, but my offspring is my biological property. Mm -hmm. And you cannot trespass on my biological property without due process of law. And I'm going to show that your due process of law is flawed. And what you're doing is criminal. And I will hold you accountable. And I will not only go after your indemnity bond, but I'm also going to forward criminal charges against you. And that needs to be done. Absolutely. And we got to stop playing intimidated and start being the victors and take back our country and our courthouses. And we have to do it by standing up and knowing the Constitution and knowing our rights. Because if you don't know your rights, you have no rights. And that's what the court system and the family court systems have been preying on for decades. Mm -hmm. They're just dumping more money with these federal incentives that is really kids for cash. They're selling, they're selling our offspring mm -hmm. for financial gain. It's a criminal enterprise, and I have all the evidence. I've been studying this since 1996. I have all the evidence. As you probably already know, I've put 16 judges, 22 prosecutors, two CPS workers, countless police officers behind prison walls. And they were all engaged in child trafficking. They would attack poor families that they knew couldn't defend themselves because they didn't have the money and they would steal their offspring and they were selling them at 30,000 a pop. That's disgusting. This country has That's gotten disgusting. disgusting. Yes. Satanic. Satanic. Yes. Yeah. And they were selling them to pedophiles. They were selling them to pedophiles mm -hmm. known pedophiles. I'm sure you heard of the case in Missouri where 900, I don't know if it's 947 foster children suddenly went missing. No one looked, no one bothered to look. Where are they? It's been a while. It's FBI. called child sacrifice. It's you know, a blood what? sacrifice. They're murdering mm -hmm. our offspring for their own satanic worship. And it goes all the way up to the top. Mm -hmm. That's why I get so many death threats is mm -hmm. because I've been following this for two decades. I just had uh, Kevin Annette on my show the other day, and he basically said the same thing with these children that go missing. They find mass graves. Oh, it yes. Doesn't it? They're it's almost. All, it's, it's not just the United States. Right. It's global. Global. Yeah, it's it, this absolutely is absolutely global. You know, and I don't know what the remedy is for, you know, it's the prayer. other nation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that. It's going to be prayer. We pray for God to intervene. And as, as until that time, we stand up against 
the satanic system that wishes to hold us in servitude. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of satanic, uh, I had a um, child support judge that continuously put the arrears, she kept jacking up the arrears, didn't care about my financial status. Uh, that would be a dereliction of duty as well. Right. And at the same point, okay, we do have an obligation. Okay. Say we're getting separated. We get divorced. Okay, we do have an obligation to play a part in the raising of our offspring. And if we abandon that, well, it's abandoned property. Okay, mm -hmm. we abandon it to the mother or the father. We're no longer in the loop, to be honest with you. Abandonment is mm -hmm. abandonment. That's, mm -hmm. that's basically admiralty law. Excuse me. Admiralty law is if I find something at sea and it's been abandoned at sea, I can claim it as mine. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay, so if a if a mother or a father abandons their offspring, it's not the duty of the government to uh go and tax that parent. And this is where child support comes in. Mm -hmm. If I abandon my child and I don't want to see my, my offspring anymore, that's now the, the responsibility of the other parent. However, if I want to have a relationship, now I must put forth an effort to take care of the care of my offspring does that make sense mm -hmm. the problem parents are finding themselves in, and i'm talking I, mothers and fathers is you've got you know false allegations and the judge automatically believes the cps worker then he removes the child from the fit parent and gives them to the abusive parent then the child support judge comes in does not even look at the case and then gives this person a high rate of child support, which lands them into debtor's prison, which was essentially abolished. And technically this shouldn't be happening these days. And you're correct on that. You're correct on that. Now that's going to, that's, that's, that's a thing for another show, to be honest with you, <laughs> because it is so entrenched that it's going to take another session to actually lay down how to get out of that and family court judges and courts are as corrupt as all get out mm -hmm. and it's all based on monetary the monetary enrichment not of the single parent but of the court mm -hmm. and i can prove that all day long Well, I can see we're going to probably be having two more podcasts, one to discuss child support and one to discuss the Clearfield Doctrine. Yes, the Clearfield Doctrine. And I want you to dig into it and see what it was meant for. 
what its original, why it was originated. Okay. Sorry, I'm I'm having to juggle here with phones and what have you. So bear with me. That's okay. Well, okay. I was just, oh, go let's ahead. get let's get into what let's get what's important right now is let's talk about what is proposed, what we're all going to do, and it's already gone viral mm -hmm. on uh, Valentine's Day, Monday, February the fourteenth. What is it that we're looking at doing to at least make a foothold against the tyranny we're facing? Are you aware? Well, you're, I know you're aware. Go ahead. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people filing FOIAs. Well, we're actually filing uh, criminal complaints okay. in every county courthouse across the United States. The United States has 300, or excuse me, 3,133 counties in the United States. We're asking everyone at the same time it's three o'clock Eastern time and 10 a.m. Hawaii time to at the same time, look at your time zone, go into the courthouse and file criminal complaints. And those complaints are already on the website. All you gotta do is hand them as evidence of a crime that has happened. And those crimes are mass genocide. Okay. It's mass genocide of our families, of our children. It's mass genocide of the planet. They're right. trying, these, these are not vaccines. They are bioweapons, and we have the evidence to prove it under DARPA. What is going on is population control. And getting these injections and they're not vaccines they don't even reach what a vaccine is they call them gene therapy they call them whatever but they are bioweapons and they're listed number two in darpa now our united states government is defunct we already know about the voter fraud we know what's going on and if we the people do not rise up in unison we are going to be crushed and what I mean by this is we, the people, it states that real clear on the Constitution, does it not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The big letters, we, the people. And then we list out what the government must do to protect our rights. Government is not our master. Government is our servant. We, the people, are going to stand up in unison on Valentine's Day, and we're going to storm our county courthouse, county, not district, county courthouse with these charges that basically state, here's all the dirty actors, and these are crimes against humanity and demand action. If the prosecutor does not accept that paperwork, we're going after the prosecutor with the sheriff. If the sheriff doesn't, we're going after every one of their bonds and we will hold them accountable until we, the people, A, get remedy 
and take back our government, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. This is going to be a mammoth task. Um, as I said, some of these parents are afraid to even go back into a courthouse. They're so traumatized. And I always encourage people to, to you know, go in it as a group. Go in as court watchers. Don't, you, they've got to get past their, it's hard Absolutely. to say. Pardon? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And listen, there's strength in numbers. But let me put it this way. Fear is Satan's tool to keep you from thinking or acting. And we have to overcome that fear and put our faith where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up, it's faith that brings forth courage. Because when you're doing the right thing and you know, hey, I might take some hits for this, but... I'm protected under God because I'm speaking truth, not lies. What I'm dealing with is a court system filled with vipers and liars. Mm -hmm. So that will not stand. That will not stand. And it takes we the people with courage and having our faith in check and go in there and say, we're not taking it anymore. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. How did you come about this? How did you, you know, start all this to get this process going? Well, I saw the criminality in the judicial system all the way back in 1989. And I was battling and battling. And I was not getting much remedy because I didn't know enough about the law at the time. And I didn't know how the corrupt system worked. And we brought a group together where we would all sit down and study law together. And we would go into court together and we would see what worked and what didn't work. And that's where the constitutional law group came into play in 1996. And we've had more wins than you can imagine. And we've gotten over, a, I personally have gotten over a thousand people out of jail or prison. I've, as you already heard earlier, I've gotten judges, prosecutors, dirty cops, CPS workers, all arrested for their crimes against humanity and violating their oath of office. And there's so much more that has to be done we have to build a foundation to rebuild our republic form of government. We can actually, with the scams that are going on right now, we can actually repopulate the government mm -hmm. with honorable people willing to uphold their oath of office. And I'm not saying it's a, it's a revolution. It is in its own way by holding them accountable for violations of oath of office. We can repopulate our government with honorable people by getting the scumbags out. Which should have been probably done a long, long time ago. And, um, you know, when Bill Clinton installed the enforcement of child support 
that too is, um, I think, highly satanic. Well, absolutely. The ones that get paid is uh, the courts. The mothers or the fathers that are expecting child support, they're the one last ones on the list. The government is making a fortune on this. And then they're throwing parents in prison, fathers, mothers, that are, A, they don't have the money. I mean, they're working three or four jobs trying to handle child support. I, I had a case where he had one child, one offspring. He was a disabled veteran. His child support was 1200 a month. That's sick. Tell me how that's logical. Exactly. A disabled vet who can't work living on disability. I mean, the guy would have to be eating peanut butter sandwiches for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. I mean, or until the child reached the age of majority, which was 18. Mm -hmm. I mean, how can a court justify $1,200 a month from a disabled vet. I think the judges think of that as the logic of injustice. They just are sociopaths that just are believing and walking in their own narrative. That's the problem. That's the problem we have not only in the family courts, but our all our courts, all of our courts. Now, with 42 U.S. Code Section 666, the requirement of statutorily prescribed procedures to improve effectiveness of child support enforcement, I find thoroughly disgusting. Uh, oh, you're going to like the 666 on that one. Exactly. Um, it's, it's also, you know, these high-conflict personality disorders that come after the fit parent that they have taken the child away from and now they want this astronomical amount of child support from this parent, right? Mother, mother or father. Now here's where we're at. Okay, we need to learn how to extract, and I said the word extract ourselves from a corrupt system. And the only way you're going to do that is by learning who you are. And we, you and I, discussed this before we went on air. You know, if I asked you, you remember I said mm -hmm. this, are you a US citizen? You said, yes, I am. And I said, okay, what makes you a US citizen? Well, I was born in the US. No, that's not what makes you a US citizen. It's the fact that you got a social security number and you're collecting government benefits for your, your, your uh, retirement. So you're a voluntary employee of the United States government. Until you learn who you are and pull yourself out of the system, you're always going to be um, subject, and that's the word, subject. You're subject to a government. Just like a king has subjects, you became subject to a corrupt system. You have to learn how to pull yourself, and that's another conversation <laughs> for another mm -hmm. day. You have to learn how to pull yourself out of the corporation. You have to learn to pull yourself out of their construct. And that means you're pulling yourself out of the family court to where they cannot hold you accountable for any of their statutes and codes. 
The only way that's going to happen is more people need to learn who and what they are and who and what they're not. Am I making sense on that one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to do that, you got to stop taking government benefits. You have to get away from your social security number. You have to get away from any government benefits and learn how to function without government. Government is supposed to function because you're functional. But what's happening is the tables have turned. Mm-hmm. And we have to hold our government officials accountable for their violation of oath of office and their crimes against humanity. And I just can't wait for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is going to be big and we need to get it out there because A, if the prosecutor doesn't act on it, now they're acting in collusion with a crime against humanity and we will hold them accountable. We'll go after their bonds. We'll file against their bonds showing that they, where they can't say that they didn't because we filed an affidavit claim. Remember what I said earlier, an affidavit claim stands as fact in law. The insurance company that holds their bonds has to, in order to continue their charter, they have to, guess what? Honor the claim, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're at, is we're gonna force payment against school board members, dirty prosecutors, you name it, any public servant that acts in defiance of the Constitution will be and shall be held accountable because we'll file claims on them. And anybody wants to be a millionaire, this is how you do it. Like I said, the mother that had the autistic son that couldn't wear a mask, well, we just won her $4 million because she went after their bonds. Guess what? Do they wear masks in that school anymore? Do they do testing in that school anymore? No, they don't. Because all the county funds got frozen. And the only way it would be unfrozen is to go back to what was normal. And the administrator was fired. Now she's being held accountable for the $4 million to be paid back to the bonding company. Now, what happens, change, that's how we change it. Now, what happens if she can't pay that back at all? Well, know, she basically, she can lose her house. She can lose everything because, you know, the insurance company's coming after her now. We don't have to go after her. Do you think that's some a par- debt? That's a debt owned to Liberty Mutual. Now, there might be some parents out there that maybe worry this could backfire on them. What is your advice for them? Okay. The only way it backfires is if you lie on your affidavit, because the affidavit is under penalty of perjury. As long as you're honest and you show you've been injured and your rights have been violated, there's nothing to worry about. 
The only thing you have to worry about is if you put false information into the affidavit. That's why it's unrebutted because the, the evildoers, whether it's the school administrator or dirty cop or whatever, cannot rebut in the form of an affidavit because they do not want to perjure themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so let's just say, for instance, if a parent is in, I mean, I won't keep you much longer, but if a parent's, parent is in a courtroom and the judge says, you know, uh, I have an affidavit from this parent's, I don't know, relative stating that what, whatever didn't happen, even though, and that was a lie. And of course you would say, uh, I object attorney. So no, you're not going to object. You're going, you're going to go back at them in the form of an affidavit. Right. Then you're going to whoever the accuser is. The accuser is the one that has to bring forth the evidence that a crime existed. The defendant or the accused, I don't like using the word defendant. The accused doesn't have to do anything. It's the defendant, I mean, the, the accuser's duty to bring forth the evidence that a crime exists. And if they can't bring forth the evidence in a court of law under penalty of perjury, well, guess what? It's a frivolous case. Mm-hmm. Would you not agree on that? I agree. <clears throat> you know, do you have parents calling you for advice or how, how would you like to be contacted? I prefer people to email me is the way I like to go because I'm constantly either in a courtroom or on the road, you name it. It's easier for somebody to explain their problem to me on my uh, email address, which I'll give to you right now, which is don't.tread.on.me at snakebite, one word, snakebite.com. And always put something in the subject line Mm -hmm. that's going to catch my attention because I'm getting over right now over 2,000 emails a week. I don't know what to say. This is how bad the corruption is. Yes, but it's a matter of you and me and all of America standing up against, I mean, this is a battle between good and evil, face Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And all of us, you can't sit on the fence, not on this one. You cannot sit on the fence. You either make a stand for good or you're complacent enough to allow evil to happen to the rest of humanity. Mm -hmm. And this is a call out, Mm -hmm. stand up, do something, make a difference, be at the courthouse at three o'clock or whatever time that that it is in your time zone, be at that courthouse and file those charges. It doesn't cost you anything other than your gas money and time to stand up and make a stand against the corrupt courts and against the corporations that are trying to destroy America. I mean, I talked to you earlier. 
it made no sense to any of us that when they shut down America, why is it that Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, they were open, but mom and pop's hardware store had to shut down. It was a scam then, it's a scam now. It's time we grow up, pay attention, and we stand in unison together to take back our republic form of government and the freedoms that our founding fathers had laid out there for us. I thank you so much for coming onto my show and we will have to set up more pod podcasts <clears throat> to have you come back on and we can talk about these other two subjects. Oh, absolutely. It's about educating. It's not only education, it's about creating courage. Mm -hmm. And courage, I'm going to tell you, is going to come from your faith. It really is. And it is my biggest thing. And I, we spoke earlier, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I retired in 2016. I was independently wealthy, living on the golf course and the lake, eating steak every day until I found out about the child trafficking, what was going on and how bad it was. And then in the midst of me going after a lot of these high officials, politicians in government, along came the scamdemic, which we already call it a scamdemic for a reason. It's a scam. Mm -hmm. And we have all the evidence to back it up. But it's going to take we the people, honestly. Mm -hmm. I agree. Loving each other, loving each other, caring about each other, looking out for each other. Mm -hmm. I didn't, didn't blow over a hundred thousand. Well, actually half a million dollars traveling the country. I haven't been home in two years. How many people know that about me? Mm. We've collected in donations, honestly, $45,000, a little over $45,000 in two years. I've spent well over my receipts will show it well over half a million dollars. What is money worth if we lose all freedom in our humanity? Mm -hmm. And also generations of children that are being damaged and murdered. Absolutely. And if you've seen the pictures I've seen with the child sacrificing, it'll keep you up at night. And I don't want to put that out there. But let me tell you, I, I, I cannot... I cannot go back to playing golf and having my glass of scotch and smoking my cigars, knowing what I know. And God has put it on my head to make something happen and be the difference. And what I'm asking you folks to do is be the difference. Stand against tyranny. Don't let fear rule your heart. Let courage and freedom rule the day. Mm -hmm. Well said, well said. And I thank you, Rick Barton, constitutional lawyer. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, uh, don't jump off. Slam the Gavel is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I am your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again in the future with Rick Martin and other guests. So thank you again. 
Rick Martin, thank you, thank you. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you.